Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am O'Brien McMahon, and this is People Business. Every business is in some way a people business. From Silicon Valley to the restaurant down the street, every business relies on groups of people working together toward a common cause. That's no easy task. While the world around us has evolved into a high-tech, interdependent matrix, our individual software is largely the same as it was 10,000 years ago. We are social, emotional animals balancing a need to fit in with a desire to stand out. This is a show that explores individual and interpersonal dynamics, helping you become your best self while making the most of your business and the people in it. If you enjoy this episode, make sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date with future guests. That's it. Enjoy the show. This week, I'm joined by Jessica Zweig, founder of Simply Be, a personal branding and PR agency. Jessica is an international award-winning entrepreneur and was named a personal branding expert by Forbes and a top digital marketer to watch by Inc. In 2018 and 2019, she was honored with the Gold and Silver Stevie Award for Female Entrepreneur of the Year. Jessica facilitates sold-out workshops and masterminds around the world and speaks on the power of personal branding to corporations including Blackstone, Nike, Heineken, EQ Office, Mars, Mind Valley, Bank of America, and many others. Her work has been featured in Business Insider, Market Watch, The Washington Post, and Thrive Global. Jessica published her book in February 2021 called B, A No BS Guide to Increasing Your Self-Worth and Net Worth by Simply Being Yourself. This is a great conversation. I had the chance to actually read most of the book. I'm about 60% of the way done uh, at the time of this recording. And it is a fantastic framework for how to build a personal brand for yourself. Jessica's approach is really refreshing. It's all about authenticity, as the title says, about being yourself. And in this conversation, we get into a little bit of her framework about how to do that, as well as why that's important and how leaders, entrepreneurs, and really anybody who's trying to do anything in the world should be thinking about personal branding. It is a topic that scares away a lot of people who don't want to self-promote, but I think the shift in mindset that we talk about in this interview is, is really helpful to not only get yourself out there, but to encourage everybody to do more good in the world. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Here is Jessica Zweig. And we are live with Jessica Zweig. Jessica, welcome to the show after what I'm sure has been a whirlwind week for you with uh, the launch of your new book. Congratulations on its success already. Uh, very excited to have this conversation. Yeah, thank you for having me, O'Brien. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here and have this conversation too. So we were supposed to record this prior to the book launch and then have it come out in conjunction with the book launch on February 16th. But we had to push that a little bit. And I was sorry not to be able to to line that up. But on the flip side, I downloaded your book this week and I'm about 60% of the way through it. And it is fantastic. Oh my God. Yeah, it's awesome. I, wow. I love it. So I told you before this that I changed up the questions. I didn't tell you why. It's because I had a chance to dive into the book. And I mean, it's incredibly relevant for me and what I do. And so I've, I've got a bunch of notes already and uh, am really interested to, to dive into this now. So I know we're limited for time so we can get right in. It'd be great if you could just start out by pitching Simply Be and the work that you do. Sure. So 
Simply Be is a personal branding agency. So what what that means is we work with with people as our products, as our clients. We work with executives, entrepreneurs, CEOs, solopreneurs, creatives from all sorts of industries. And we really help them to become magnetic online. And we do that through brand identity development, strategy development, and ongoing brand management execution. So we're a full-service agency. And our sauce, if I may be so bold to say, is we've really kind of cracked the code on how to build a fully fully fleshed out, authentic, human, personal brand that drives awareness and value while also driving impact um, and connection. And I think that that's really, unfortunately, why the space of personal branding gets such a bad rap because people think it's about becoming famous on the internet and being known as a social media star. And most of my clients, to be frank, are you know, in tech and finance and real estate and medical and aren't necessarily interested in being an Instagram influencer at all. They're interested in driving their businesses. And there's no better way to do that than by positioning yourself um, as the cornerstone marketing vehicle of your business, because we do business with people, as, as you know very well. It's all about human-to-human connections. And so that is really the sauce of what we do. And, and we do that for people all over the world now. We have a client pretty much on every continent and all across the country. And yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun, to be frank. I'm, I'm more industry agnostic, right? So I learn every day from all sorts of people, all walks of life men and women. We have a very diverse client set, very diverse team. And it's just... I get to be a student in a way, you know, every day to my clients. And that's like kind of the best part. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I so I work across industries as well. And part of the fun of that is being able to walk into a new environment and say, okay, what do you do? How are you doing it? How is it different than the company down the street, whether it's in their industry or not, like no two people are the same, no two philosophies are the same. And it's fun to, to wow. get in and figure that stuff out. I've got a couple questions that you've probably answered a thousand times at this point, but how do you define personal brand? I love this question. So um, your personal brand is your value, right? It's, it's what makes you you. It's what makes you you in a way that no one else can ever do it, articulated and communicated out into the world to be effective and to be of service. And I believe your personal brand sits at the intersection of who you are and what you do. So we often think that our our personal brand means our professional brand, like positioning ourselves as the expert. But really, what makes you magnetic, what makes you authentic is what you you do and beyond, beyond work, you know, who you really are. And so personal branding, in my view, is really at that crossroads point where we can bring to life an, a fully fleshed out 360-degree story that encompasses all of you. And that's what a personal brand is in my, bo- in my book. So what is the difference between personal brand and self-promotion? Or is there a difference? So self-promotion is, I think, a, um, a thing to do. And a personal brand is like a way of being. And self-promotion is somewhat associated, not somewhat, in fact, greatly associated with personal branding. And unfortunately, that's why it kind of gets a bad rap. Like people are like, oh, personal branding is for people who want to be seen and want to be famous. And I said this in my book, it's okay if you want to be seen. It's okay if you want to be famous. In service of what though? Like if it's just for your own ego, then that's inauthentic. 
But I think that a personal brand is the asset of you that is in perpetuity, to be frank. And self-promotion is something that you can choose to do or not. But I think that the real power of our personal brand is in our presence and our resonance and our energy and the way that we show up in the world. And, and, and if you do that with clarity and you know authenticity, you, you probably don't have to self-promote as much as you think you do. You know, that's my my belief. And, and then self-promotion, to be frank, I say this in my book. You have to self-promote. We all have to self-promote in order to be to be successful and to connect today. We live in 2021. The internet's where we all live. So don't shame yourself or others for being self-promotional because it's how we feed our families, right? It's how we help our, our communities and our clients and more clients. And there's nothing wrong with that. So I really am on a mission in many ways with my book to debunk and to demystify the the myths and the misperceptions that we have of the space of personal branding. Well, and you said it quickly, and I want to highlight it again, which is, you know, it's okay to want to be famous. It's okay to not want to be famous. It's okay to self-promote or not self-promote, but in service of what? Right. I think that's such a great reframe because I think so many people just are like, oh, well, that's the thing I should want. Mm. And they don't do the thinking of like, well, in service of what? You know, what's the, yeah. what's the purpose behind it? What's the good that's being done? And I think that as I, what clicked with me there is that self-promotion in service of something outside of yourself becomes a very different thing than just blatant self-promotion for fame. A thousand percent. I mean, this is really what I say to my clients. It's like, if we do our job well, if we do our job right, because uh, to be frank with you, a lot of my clients come to me not because they want to be here, but because their CMO told them they needed to be here. Right? Like, there's a like, well, we're 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 scaling, we're raising money, we're launching a new market. You need to, we need to get the CEO's brand up to speed with our other marketing activities. So oftentimes, my clients come in here and are like, I don't want to be here, but I know I have to be here. Truly, yeah. And I always say to them, I say to them, if we do our jobs well. You will never come off self-promotional or vain or egotistical or all about you. We will, if we do our jobs well, people are going to want to follow you and engage with you because you're offering something to them that isn't anything to do with you. It's about them. And that is really the, the point I make holistically in my book is I actually have a chapter called No One Cares because no one cares about your brand. Think about it. I mean, really, people don't care. People care about themselves and their own lives, and that's okay. And you have to then create content every single time you step up to the plate and share something on the internet. You have to think about what's in it for the other person on the other side of their phone or computer with every single post. You, you just have to come from that place. And so that's what we do when we create content on behalf of our clients. But I'm really looking, you know, to the people who are listening who might not. Be doing this work yet, but want to, but haven't because they don't want to be seen as like the that guy or that girl. Try it. Try architecting a, a piece of content that is, you know, coming from you, coming from your authenticity, sharing your expertise, but about the person reading it in deep service to them, and see what you get back. And I guarantee it'll make you feel really good versus versus gross. Yeah. You know? So I have this conversation with some of our newer sales folks who I work with, and 
you know, to be making cold calls and reaching out to people can feel icky, just like, you know, what you're talking about with self-promotion, you know, it just feels gross to be interrupting somebody, you feel like you're forcing yourself on them. And so people will avoid it. And the thing that I try to work with them on is that's just the story that you're telling yourself about what you're doing. Like, and it, and if, and it's probably because you're coming from a purely self-centered standpoint. But if you really believe in what we're doing and you really have expertise to share and you really are trying to build community, then reaching out to those people, yes, you are still interrupting them and you have to be humble about that and you have to be empathetic about that. But it changes the framework of the conversation and it cha- because it changes how you think about what you're doing. And it just struck me as I was reading your book that that's essentially the same thing that you're doing with your clients is helping them reframe how they add value, you know, how they self-promote into something that's adding value to the world. Yes. It's a, you use the word reframe. It is like a, it's a mindset shift as much as it is a tactical plan, right? To build this platform and create the strategy. Like it starts here in your head of like, okay, I'm worthy. I deserve to be seen. I'm not, I, I have to get over what people think of me. You know, I have to risk being disliked and rejected or on in the world of social media, like literally unliked, like no one's going to engage. Like you have to get, we have to get over all of that stuff. And, you know, I, I say this in my book again, like obviously deep in my book launch. So I'm going to keep referring to it because I'm yeah. talking about it so much. But there's a line in the book, it's actually in the last chapter of the book that just says, like, simply being you, which is in my, personal opinion, you building your brand and putting it out there is not just an opportunity. Like we don't get to choose it. Like, ah, maybe I'll do this. Maybe I won't. It's actually a responsibility. It's why you're here on planet earth. And I'm a very spiritual person. So I'm going to go there for a hot second, but we all have a reason for being, we all are here for a reason. Like you didn't, you weren't assigned to this lifetime by accident or to sit on the sidelines or to not offer your gifts to the world. Like you're here for a reason. And so if you really switch on to your purpose, which is really so connected to all of this, right? Which I think at our core, we all want to do. We all want to live a purposeful life. We all want to have meaning. We all want to make a difference. We all have a mission. This, This work of building a brand gives you a bigger microphone. And does it need to reach millions of people? No. It can reach just a few thousand or a couple hundred. I mean, truly... And that can make a huge ripple effect in your career and in in the world. And times have really changed as far as social media is concerned. I mean, I've been around since like the dawn of it, and you don't really need millions of people to follow you anymore to to, to make millions of dollars. I know lots of people who run seven figure companies who have a couple thousand people who follow them on LinkedIn. Like that is yeah. a fact. So well, that's have you read the article "A Thousand True Fans"? No. So I. Uh, Kevin Kelly, I think is who wrote it. And it's all about like what you really need in business or, you know, in, in the arts is a thousand people that are true fans who will just buy Mm. anything that you put out, read anything that you create, who like really believe in you. And then if you have those thousand true fans, like that just filters out into a bunch of other good effects, but that's really what you're trying to build. I love it. Exactly. And, you know, when it comes to social media at large, like we think about it, it's called vanity metrics. And 
one of the best pieces of advice I ever got actually in my career. I also write about this in my book. So Simply Be is my second company. And my first company was an online magazine that I ran for seven years back in Chicago for women. It was like the largest online lifestyle magazine for women in Chicago for seven years. And in 2008, when I started it, there was a company called Daily Candy. I don't know if you you would remember it or... I remember the name. Yeah. So Daily Candy was this daily newsletter that started in New York that was a newsletter model. And then it scaled to like multiple cities. And it was just sort of like the Daily Candy of like what was hip and happening in the city that day. You know, whether it was like a cool new boutique or a restaurant or a designer or whatever. And anyway, the founder of it was a woman named Danny Levy. And she ended up selling that business, I want to say for like $130 million to Comcast. And so she sold that business right around the time I was starting my business, Cheeky. And I was so ballsy, O'Brien, and I emailed her and I was like, can I pick your brain? I'm just starting this little magazine in Chicago that's kind of like it, but different. Total moonshot. She wrote me back and she was like, I get a million emails like this a day. You're different. I will, I'll talk to you. So I flew from Chicago to New York to meet with her. We actually had cocktails for two hours. Wow. I'll never forget this. I will never forget this. And my first question to her was, how do I make money? What do I do to monetize this platform? And I will never, I wrote it down. I still have the notebook. She said, don't worry about making money. Build a great site, create incredible content, give your women a reason to want to come and engage, provide value, make it the most amazing experience for them. And then your revenue will come, but don't start there. And I have held that principle to this day as like my North Star. And I teach my clients this. It's like, we have to create something great and valuable and magical for other people. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's called inbound content marketing, right? Like creating value, free education, inspiration, entertainment to then grow a loyalty to, to then hook them with an ask versus like outbound selling, which is, you know, more direct, you know, ads and, and, and click, clickbait kind of things. And I have just approached marketing and branding and content creation from that perspective ever since. And that has been. I think really the distinction between people I see really doing this work well and right online and those that don't, who have that, that come from. And I would give that advice to everyone listening. How do you help somebody figure out who they are and the value that they offer? I mean, if an entrepreneur comes to you, that's one thing. Cause like there's a, there's a specific business that they're in. And so that's one pillar of your hologram, right? Which anyone who reads the book, you have to go read the book to figure out what that means. But that'd be one pillar. It can be hard for people to really understand who they are and what their value is and and where other expertise lies. And as you said in your book, you know, what their shit is. How do you help them through that exercise to really figure out who they are in the first place? So good. So I have a framework. It's in my book. Um, it's called the hologram. We can talk about that, but it's funny. Did I say like, hologram so, before? Did I say that right? Yeah, I think you. Okay. I think you did. Okay. They call the personal brand hologram, which is a framework, which I want to talk about. In fact, I'd love to break it down for your audience. But 
before we kind of get there, I like to kind of, in fact, the, the, the book is broken up into three sections and the book models the flagship product that we have at Simply V. So, you know, I, I have a cornerstone product. It's called the Thought Leader Day. It's five figures, right? To, to work with us in, in, that, in that capacity. And what I did in the book for $25 is I broke the whole thing down. I deconstructed it. And I, t- I take the reader through it, the whole experience of building your brand. And the first section is called Be Real. The second section is called Be Your Brand. The third section is called Be Free. And Be Your Brand, which is the sig- middle section, which is the most significant portion of the book, is the methodology, is the tools, right? Is that the messaging, the content creation, the strategy, the PR, the social. But the first section is called Be Real, which is really about breaking up all of the self-limiting beliefs, rewriting the script on personal branding at large, tapping people into their authenticity, reminding them no one cares that they have to come from a value standpoint. Like, So before we get into the messaging, I would just really encourage your listeners to think about and write down, you know, what are your self-limiting beliefs around this work? Like, look at your judgments, look at the judgments you have for other people that are doing this and like really look at why you feel that way. Because at the end of the day, it has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with your own worth of being that person too. And, and so I would, I, I would love to get to the messaging and we will, but I would just really want to highlight that piece of the work because it's the hardest part to be frank. And then the rest of it then becomes far more like effortless in a sense, even though it is the, the tactical pragmatic piece to this. So I would start there. And then we can talk about the hologram if you'd like. Well, I think there's like a middle piece between that and the hologram, which is like figuring out who you are at all and like how to like what then goes into the hologram. So it's like, because I, I mean, I know I, I work, I've talked on here a bunch of times. I, I work with a leadership coach uh, and part of this sort of group leadership development group at work. And we do a lot of individual journaling on our beliefs our worldview, the things we love to do, the values we stand for, things like that. And like what I have found, what they preach and I found to be true is the tighter you can get on who you are, what you love to do, what you're interested in and where you want to go in the world, the easier all of this stuff then becomes. You know, like then when you're putting your messaging together, it's like, oh yeah, these are the pieces I drop into the framework because I know that I've already done the pre-work to understand who I am. And so I, I just would be curious on, from your perspective, like what that pre-work looks like to help a client define you know, who they even are in the first place. Yes. So that's why I have a business because <laughs> they, they hire me to help them get there. Yeah. But if you don't hire me, which is fine, you you can do a couple things. And, and I actually talk about this in the book. So it's really hard to do this work in a vacuum. It's like why 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 people don't do it because it's like how do you define yourself in a clarified capacity? So in the book, and it's one of the the exercise actually. Whenever I teach a workshop or I have any sort of like live experience, I'll I'll have the attendees do some pre work, and it's always the the same homework, which I find to be profoundly life changing for people. So I want you to identify three to four to five people in your life, three to five who know you the best. And this has to be a mix of personal relationships and professional. So a client, a, a mentor, a boss, a teammate, you know, someone who knows you in the professional space. And then a personal relationship like your best friend or your partner, right? Or your family member. 
ideally people who really love you and see you, right? And I want you to send them all an email or even text them. But the point is, is to get their feedback in written form and ask them all the same question, which is, what is my unique intrinsic value? Just ask them that one question. And many times people have to go look up what intrinsic means. <laughs> uh, it's, it's meant to be esoteric, but um, they will write you back. Like if they're, they're in your life and they love you and you just tell them, Hey, I'm doing a bit of per- personal professional development stuff. And I, I'm, I'm, work- I'm working on this project. Will you, will you just do this for me? They always do. And what you get back can be like life-changing truly for people because it's, it's like to have people shine a mirror at you and articulate what makes you great can be extremely humbling. It can be extremely illuminating. And what's beautiful about it is that, that that's why I have you ask them for it in writing because that becomes your data, it becomes your, your creative clay of your brand message. And typically, you see consistencies. You'll see cohesive words. You'll see synonyms. You'll see nuances to things that someone else is saying. And so what I would encourage everyone to do before they go into the hologram exercise is to do that first and keep that close by because those pieces become the elements of the hologram, like truly. And it's, it's not only like really helpful, but it's also very affirming, which is one of my favorite parts about it. Yeah, I could totally see that. I I was reading it next to my wife, and I just leaned over and said, "What's my intrinsic value?" She was like, "What?" And I was like, "I'm just reading uh-huh. the book, but like, what is it?" Uh-huh. So we had a good conversation about it. Oh, awesome! Yeah. So it would be great if you're willing to share just what that framework is. What you know, what the hologram is that we've been talking about. Yeah. So the hologram is a trademarked methodology that I created years ago. To be honest. When I started my own journey on this path of, you know, starting Simply Be and really wanting to be seen as the personal branding girl and 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 in Chicago at least. And I was online creating a bunch of content and I was using all of the tools. I was on Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And I was sending out a weekly email to my audience. And I was also writing a blog and I also was sharing videos and I was doing all the things. And I went out to coffee with a very good friend of mine. And he looked at me and he said, Jessica, and he was like a mentor and a friend and, and really understood what I was trying to do with my, with my business. And he looked at me and he said, Jessica, I love you. I know you want to be seen as this expert. I'm following you. And you are a hot mess. <laughs> he said, he called me a hot mess in my it takes face. a good he was, friend to, he was, a, it's a really that good honesty. Friend. Yeah. That's what friends are for. And he, he just said, every day you're talking about something else. Every day you're, you're coming online and you're sharing whatever is on your mind that day. You're talking about personal branding day one, but day two, you're talking about your dog. And day three, you're talking about where your husband went, you and him went to dinner in the new neighborhood you just moved into. And then the day after that, you're talking about where you're going to go travel this summer with your best friend. He was like, what are you? You are an expert in nothing. And I know what you're trying to do, the personal branding thing. So stick to the script. Like, be who you say you are, be about it. You are who you say you are over and over and over and over again. That's kind of the biggest, one of the other biggest secrets about this. It's really not that complicated to position yourself, it's just about consistency. So I thought to myself, okay, ouch, he's right. So I went 
to the drawing board, O'Brien, and I created and sketched this, this tool that honestly became my own solution to my own overwhelm that now is the trademark methodology that we use at Simply Be for every single client, every single workshop attendee. I've taught it in a course online. It's now in my book. And so what it does is it helps you achieve the clarity because if you are going to brand yourself, branding is an exercise in clarity. That's branding. So you have to be crystal clear to someone who's never heard of you in less than 30 seconds. That's branding done well, 15 seconds these days. And at the same token, we're people. We're, we're complex. We're, there's no way you can understand someone in less than 15 seconds. Like We're dynamic and ever-evolving and emotional. So how do you reconcile that? Right? How do you reconcile the complexity of a person with, with the need for clarity in a brand? And so the hologram helps you whittle down your headline. So the, I call it the headline. It's this, basically your brand slogan. So the thing that you want someone to think of, feel, or know the second they hear your name in, in a sentence or, or even a few words, or maybe even a single word. Think of it as like your, your brand slogan. We call it the headline. Then surrounding the headline are what we call your brand pillars. And there are four of them, only four. We have found that four is that sweet spot to achieve the clarity and also demonstrate depth because you can't be about everything. And it's intended to help you prioritize how you want to show up. And like I said, what you say about yourself over and over again is what you are. So choose it. And I'll just use myself as an example. My pillars today are female entrepreneurship, leadership, right? Personal branding, of course travel because I love an energy and spirituality, right? Now, I also have a lot of other things in my life that I, t- I love that I could talk about. I'm not, like my husband, my, my passion for wellness and, and fitness. Like, but that's not, I'm not positioning myself as a fitness expert. My relationship with my husband is private and personal, right? So I get to choose this narrative and, with, and at the same time, not sacrifice any authenticity because my spiritual practice is hugely personal and vulnerable, but I want people to know that about me in business. I'm not afraid of that. That was a question I had. So how, how do you help people draw that line like between deciding where to be vulnerable and where to protect their privacy? Yeah. I mean, that is such a good question. It's such a personal choice. Okay. So you do not owe the world your life in a glass case to people you don't know. You don't, you don't have to share anything, in fact. And so I would really think about, again, tying it to your goals and your objectives. And so let's say you're... I'm making this up. I'm just shooting for... Let's say you're an interior designer and you're a mom, okay? And you want to serve you know, families, you want, you're in residential and you have a specific style that you know is going to appeal to women because women have purchasing power in the household when it comes to that stuff typically. And you want to relate more effectively to your clients. You can talk about your expertise as a designer. You can also share that, that you're a working mom and you don't necessarily need to share photos of your children if you are not comfortable with that, right? But you can talk about your own experience being a working mother and the perils of, of work-life balance, right? Like relate to your client more authentically. I'm potentially following this designer. I like her stuff. 
her, her stuff's beautiful. But then she shares a blog or a post about, you know, tough times in COVID, like, you know, work from home, school, homeschooling. And I immediately feel more related to her because I'm going through that too. Yeah. And so a great question. I, I, and it's not being manipulative, to be honest. I mean, it, it has an agenda, of course, which is okay. But really, when you share that stuff, when you come from your heart, you know, in tandem with the strategy, that's when it really starts to work for you in a way that I don't think people give themselves the chance to try that on. And so it's really up to you what you share and what you don't. Where do you draw the line between, because you, you mentioned this in your book too, that like you can be really authentic so much that it comes off as inauthentic. And so I think there's like, for me, like a big belief of mine is like everything is about balance. And so doing too little doesn't put you out there enough to reap whatever the rewards are that you want to reap, achieve the things that you want to achieve. But I believe that you can also overdo a lot of things and that it starts to, you know, when you see somebody who's out there, even if they're, I see people who are delivering a message that I know to be authentic, like I know it's who they are, but it's so overwhelming that it sort of turns me off too. And so how, how do you advise people to find that balance and that cadence that works? Or am I thinking about it wrong? Uh, I don't think you're thinking about it wrong. I think you bring up a great point and I would love to have this conversation. So I have this quote in my book called your vibe attracts your tribe. And it's, I talk about, I think you probably read it, it's this whole section. It's just this idea yeah. that you're, you're not going to be liked by everybody. And that's part of the deal. That's what you sign up for when you put yourself out there boldly. And boldly looks different to everyone. And by the way, I've gotten that feedback myself from people. It's like, well, you say you're authentic, Jessica, but you're also so polished and you're always branded and everything's so pretty and yellow. And it's like, that's an expression of my authenticity. Like it's one of them, you know? And if, if it's too much for people, then... And trust me, I've gotten that and, and I've, I've had my share of like trolls and haters and, you know, people who judge it. And it's like, it, it hurts, I'm not going to lie, but it doesn't, it doesn't stop me from being me and it shouldn't stop you from being you. And if you are receiving what, you know, Brian just shared, like, was it a little too much for me? That's okay. Like, stop following that person for a minute or, you know, maybe look, I'm not saying this at you, like maybe look inside of what that's triggering for you because yeah. it could be something that you, the other person is you is what I'm trying to say. Like the other person is you in some shape or form. And it's either something that you want to be or resent that you're not, or have never really addressed within yourself. And I'm not, I'm not saying that this is, about you. That is the po most polite way anyone has ever said, you need to check your ego and look at your own insecurities. That is by far the nicest way that anybody has ever said that. So I appreciate but we it. All have no, I think them. you're right. I, it's okay. I think you're right. And I think that is a good point too. And it's like, yeah, if that's, if that's really not for me, if it really like, isn't my thing, then that's fine. And I can unsubscribe, but there's also a good lesson in there too, of like, well, why is that rubbing me the wrong way? And there, what, what's the, I'm going to probably butcher it, but there's the saying that's like, how does it go? It's about like, I don't like the me I see in you or something like that. It's like, you know, the thing you don't like about somebody else is often the thing you don't like about yourself. Yes, 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 yes. There's a, there's a profound quote 
something around that that I can't literally remember. saw it yesterday. I think on Instagram, it was like some something about how like my story of you is the projection of me, or something like like my projection onto you is the story of me, and the story your story of me is proje- something really profound. But I I get. I get we're, we're both saying the same thing. And it's I have a really cool. good editor and hopefully he can find whatever it is that we're talking about and we'll put it awesome. in the show notes after this. So I know that we are a little short on time and want to get to a couple other questions as well. I've, I've seen you talk about being an introvert in an extroverted field. And I'm curious about that because I consider myself to be an outgoing introvert. And I'm just curious how you align some of the authenticity that we're talking about with the need to be out in front of people and and how you balance your own energy and think about managing that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm like the girl that hosts the party that just wants to hide in the bathroom. (laughs) I really am. As long as everybody else is having a good time, you're okay. Exactly. Like I love hosting parties, but like, I don't want to talk to anybody. (laughs) Very strange. You know, I think that most probably most people can relate to that. Like we're we need to be extroverted, but yet we restore and I, at least I get a lot of energy from solitude and being alone and, and rest and quiet and stillness and like self-care. And so I've just really I've actually come to realize and accept about myself that I can I can sprint. I'm I can, I'm a sprinter and I can hustle and and drive myself like fast and and for a while. But then I need I need that restorative solace at the end, and so for other people, like they need that harmony day to day. They need that like that like consistent balance, like microed out every day. And I'm I'm not like that. Like I can actually do long days, you know, for for weeks on end, and and then take a trip or you know shut off my phone for three days and do nothing for a weekend and and get and get what I need. So, and then I also really accepted that, like, well, a huge, a huge part of this has been setting boundaries and being really clear that, you know, I'm not going to always be available or I'm, I'm going to be disconnected or I'm not going to take every meeting or say yes to every event or speaking opportunity. Like, I, I have really been far more discerning. Not lately because I'm promoting a book. So I'm trying to be everywhere, but well, it's a, it's, it's a sprint, right? It's a sprint. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so I would say that those pieces combined of, you know, accepting my tendencies and then also being a little more brave when it comes to boundaries has been pretty profound. Yeah, I wanted to talk about boundaries too. I'm glad you said that because that was something I wanted to ask about. I, I love the line from the book. It said, thought leaders think. Yeah, thanks. I love that line too. Yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, no duh, but yet strikingly profound. So you have to take time. If you're going to be doing this work and you are going to be adding value out into the world in your unique way, you have to take time to think about the world in your unique way from your unique perspective. And with everybody running so busy now and you know us trying to be as busy as we can be, how do you set boundaries to think, to take that time when there's a thousand other things that can seem important in the moment? How do you think about boundaries and set those boundaries? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just a matter of getting clear on, on what you want. 
right? And how important it is to you. So for me, you know, writing a book was one of the biggest boundaries I've ever set in my life because I wanted my book to be the most amazing thing I ever created. So I, I took out time, right? I stepped away and like over communicated, like, this is my time on a micro basis, like day to day, week to week. I mean, I create a lot of content with my podcast. Like I have a, you know, this is time away. You're, you're doing it too from probably a million other things you should be doing or could be doing, but you, but it's important to you. This is a priority because this adds value to your life, to other people's lives. And it probably drives your business to some, some degree. And, and that's, you know, my podcast is, I don't know, Typically, when I'm not in a book launch, it's like four to eight hours a week, at least. Maybe, maybe 10, 12, depending on the week. So it depends on your priorities. It's like, how badly do you want it? What, what's going to stand in the way? What's not? And, and, and going from there, and even with Instagram, I mean, I have to keep up with Instagram like a lot these days because that's where I'm really marketing my book in such a huge way. And, and it's a time suck. Yeah. And I have to stop, you know, with my sales calls or making eye contact with my husband over dinner, like, you know, like, and thankfully I have a very supportive partner, but it's, it's sort of the, um, the, the priorities, it's the, the, how badly do you want it? What, what's, what's the objective here? And, and if you are clear on that, you know, you will make the time, you will set the boundaries. Yeah. Well, thank you. I love that. One of, one of my favorite books is essentialism. I love that book. Say how to do less better. Which yeah, is great. great book. Two more questions. If we've got two more minutes, what are you most sick of talking about when it comes to what you do? <laughs> no one's ever asked me this. What am I most sick of? I don't. I mean, I don't think I'm sick of anything. I, I love talking about all this stuff. I, I, I mean. It's funny to me. Like I, t- I get asked a lot about social media. Like I've been on all of these TV segments this this last month on promoting the book, and everyone wants to talk about social media and how to use it and how to use it to get a job or get opportunities. Why people need social media, and I'm not sick of it at all. I find it interesting because I've been on it for so long, and I like it's just second nature to me, and it's intuitive now. It's a native thing, and and I'm always just amazed how. You know, and I appreciate it, and I have no judgment, and just utmost honestly, like gratitude that I'm seen as someone who can help. But just how few people like fully get it, and so I, yeah, I feel like I say a lot of the same things over and over again, which is which is fine. I'm not sick of it. I just think it's interesting. So, with all the things that you're talking about over and over again, what's the thing you're most excited to be talking about? My book. <laughs> Fair enough, as you should be. And last question, which is one that I ask everybody. What is the purpose of business? Oh, wow. Beautiful question. Purpose of business is to grow as a person and to connect and build relationships that help other people as much as it helps you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Jessica, thank you for taking the time to come on here. I know you were really busy with the book launch. Thank you for putting the book out. I uh, have loved it and am going to be diving more and more into it. Um, it's fantastic. And so we will link to everything and we're going to turn around and get this up uh, pretty quickly so that everybody can hear this and hopefully be prompted to buy the book. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, O'Brien, for having me. I, I have the utmost respect for you and 
you're just such a gem. And I was so grateful you reached out to have me on your show. So thanks for having me today. Thank you. Hey, folks, one last thing before you go. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to hit subscribe so you can stay up to date with future guests. That's it. Thanks for coming. Go make the most of your business and the people in it.